You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Castor. As always, my co-host at Birdsall. As you can hear, that is me mentally trying to not say fantasy show after Basement Talk Podcast, as I usually do. But we're here talking about the other kind of football because um, as weird as it is, and we're not going to get into the overall shittiness of the situation, but we have a World Cup in the winter for the first time probably ever, I think. And it's mainly because uh, Qatar is, as the kids say, hot as fuck in the summer. I think you forgot to say uh, bought themselves a World Cup. I think it's what you meant to say. Well, that too. But I mean, the reason that it's in the winter is because Qatar oh, is yes. Well, yes. 115 because... degrees right, right. in yeah. the winter summer. or in the summer. summer. Summer temperatures are, uh, as the kids say, yes, hot AF. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. But yeah, yeah the, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this. I think if it wasn't Qatar and it wasn't like a, a whole shitty situation, I'd be kind of okay with having a World Cup like, like this in the middle of the year. Because, I mean, I don't know. The World Baseball Classic is a thing that happens, well, and they pause the season for that. Hockey has done it uh, a little bit where they've paused the season to have an international tournament, but they don't do that anymore because Gary Bettman hates international play that's and best-on-best best tournaments. But, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting idea because I think also in World Cup years, you always see a lot more fatigue from players coming back where, you know, you, there's no summer off. You have to play in the world. You're playing in the world cup and like going from the 17, 18 season to the 18, 19 season, I feel like we saw players get injured and players uh, not at peak fitness just because they were, especially the teams that went far in the knockouts, like England, Croatia, France, um, Belgium, you know, they, yeah, it's it, it's tough on the conditioning for sure. Well, I mean, no all, all those all those athletes are still getting, you know, their extended holidays after after the fact. So, you know, they're still they're still getting their time. But with this, it, it most certainly is different. I mean, I was listening. I was listening to a piece actually um, on Talksport this morning. Uh, Theo Walcott actually uh, went on to Talksport ex um, England winger, ex Arsenal, and. Everton winger currently at Southampton and he basically was you know giving the the lowdown of what the next couple of weeks are going to be like not just for him but for all the players that aren't going and basically what he was saying was that all the players basically getting two weeks to just kind of you know do what they got to do you know relax do what you have to do in your life and then in two weeks they go back for preseason 2.0 and I know there are clubs that are out there that are um, trying to schedule friendlies and, and, and you know, things like that, as they would do during a normal preseason, like Arsenal and playing in Dubai, playing in a, in a tournament in Dubai with Liverpool, AC Milan and Lyon. So just for all the, the stragglers that weren't uh, taken to the World Cup, but it is really a battle of attrition. And if you're looking at some of, you know, whatever whatever league and whatever club you support, if, if you're at a, if you're with a team, that's at the top, 
you got to be looking at how many players of yours are actually going to the World Cup because the further that player's team goes in the World Cup, the more the longer it's going to be for them to then to come back. And I think, you know, the way that I was looking at it, I actually had this conversation with somebody today, was say, you know, you have you have England go to the final. And for the Premier League, where Arsenal and Man City are currently battling out for the title, Arsenal could be without Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, uh, Bukayo Saka for an extended period of time after the World Cup, with the final being on December 18th and the Premier League season resuming on the 26th on, on Boxing Day. And then Adams Club, Manchester City, you know, I have thoughts about them at the moment. Uh, they could be without Kyle Walker, Phil Foden, Adam. Am I missing anybody? Oh, how can you not forget the best center back in the Premier League? John oh, Stones. John Stones, John Stones, Cal- Calvin Phillips, too. Completely yep. forgot that he was a thing. Yeah, well, Jack I mean, Grealish. Jack, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter because Jack Grealish doesn't even play anyway. So, yeah, that's that's fair. And also, like Ederson, if uh, Brazil makes it yeah, far. Absolutely. Um, who else am I thinking of? Or if Argentina make it far, um, if France make it far, there, there's, it doesn't matter, you know, what club. Yeah, we'd be really kicking what, ourselves if we don't yeah, have what country uh, it is. Julian Alvarez for a, a significant period of time because of Ar- Argentina making it far. I don't right. think, uh, anyway. Right, exactly. But, it would just be a damn shame if you lose uh, the second best Norwegian in the Premier League. That would be just su- such a shame, let me tell you. Um, but regardless regardless of that moot point, um, this is going to be one of the more interesting World Cups that we have had just because players are literally going from playing with their clubs to now playing in a World Cup. I mean, Sunday, when Qatar and Ecuador kick it off, you have Estupinian, who was playing for Brighton. He is literally playing seven days later from when he last took the pitch for Brighton. Only he's doing it now for Ecuador. Yep, so, and in in a completely different country. Yep, pretty pretty far away from England. Also, yep, completely different country, completely different environment, completely different players that he's playing with. It's that huge adjustment that they that you're going to have to make. But um, yeah, and this is just our uh, our show to kind of just talk about it and and run through it, run through it all. But before we get into anything, Adam, there was something that I do want to talk about. Okay. And since we're on the subject of, of of football, the Ronaldo interview, I have it is, never. It is pertinent. I have never felt happier to have not signed a player. Then, can you imagine the headache and all of the hot takes if Ronaldo signed for Man City and he was still and he gave that interview? I mean, Pep would never wouldn't have any of it because you know he's very much a. He's like a he's like the Lula Morello of soccer, where he's like he's a it's very team first kind of guy, and I feel like he just wouldn't have any of it with Ronaldo if Ronaldo was there. It's very refreshing to have a big name, big money player cause a rift between him and his club, and that club not be Arsenal. It's very refreshing. Yeah, well, it seems like it's always Manchester United at this recently, which is just you know fantastic. I, I just. But I can't feel sorry for him. I, I and I don't. I really don't. But, but you know. But what I do want to say 
is a lot of what Ronaldo has said, I agree with. A lot of what he has said, I do agree with. The only thing that I can't go at, I can't be with him on, is the way he went after Eric Ten Hag, manager of Manchester United. Alex Ferguson said that there is no, that the second that a player becomes bigger than the club itself, that's when you know you have a rot and that player has to go. And that's what this situation has been. But the problem is, and what Ronaldo has pointed out in this interview, which is going to air Wednesday, Thursday, Piers Morgan conducted it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be anywhere in the States, but I'm sure people are going to be able to, they're going to be posting clips of it on Twitter and if not, you're gonna have live streams to it on Twitter. So I'm sure it's gonna be the most easiest thing to find ever. Um, but with that being said, a lot of the things that Ronaldo said were were very true. That you have um players turned pundits that are taking his name and making a quick buck off of it by dragging him through the mud at Gary Neville at Wayne Rooney. Um, never Jamie Carragher. I mean, that's just a that's a great friend. He's a you know, friend of the podcast. Love Jamie. Um talking about how the club basically has just been the same since when he left for Real Madrid. He left, came back. It's it's basically the same, same infrastructure, same equipment, same pool, same spa, same pitch. Everything is essentially the same. They haven't. Except they suck now. Well, yes, that. And talking about the ownership. And and I haven't heard exactly what he said about the Glazers, but I heard it was not, um, not very nice, which, is is very fair because Ronaldo was brought back to help Manchester United achieve their sporting ambitions. When really, when the Glazers' eyes, the only thing that Ronaldo was there to do was to sell tickets and up shirt sales, which he did. Well, you know what's the thing I like to say <clears throat> about you know money sales? talks. No, the other thing: asses and seats. Oh, asses and seats. Yes. It's true. It's true. So if, if the Glazers were after that, they 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 achieved on that front. Yeah, they absolutely did. And honestly, I feel a little bad just because I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo was kind of sold a false bill of goods just because this Manchester United team needs to rebuild like they need to rebuild like yesterday. He's being he's being made the scapegoat for all of United's problems when the problems run a lot deeper than just Cristiano Ronaldo. And I mean, he's been good for them. He just at this point of his career, he's like, I'm not signing up for a rebuilding team. Correct. He needs to he needs to be playing at the highest level. I want to win more Champions Leagues. Yep. And, you know, it's it's the same thing. Like, look at what his counterpart uh, did even though they probably have the same chance of winning the Champions League because it's PSG. It's because it's PSG. But um, still, Lionel Messi signed with a club with more sporting ambition than Manchester United. True. That's 100% right. And Ronaldo is like, this is not what I agreed to, you know? Well, to be, and, and to be fair, I don't think Ronaldo or anybody saw uh, they got to Solskjaer being sacked. I don't think anybody saw Ralph Rangnick coming in and completely changing up the system and basically saying that, oh, yeah, th- th- this is a big problem within the club, that the club need to make you know 10 to 12 signings. I think that was the number that he was quoted as saying that Manchester United needed. 
and then Ralph Ragnick now coming back, and then they bring in Eric Ten Hag. You know, that, that that's not what Ronaldo signed up for. I, I agree with you 100%. But the problem is, is that you look at you look at all the clubs in or in and around Europe right now. Who really needs Ronaldo? Because you have Chelsea, who always seem like the most logical place for him. Man United probably would not sell to a Premier League rival, to a rival for Champions League and European places within the league. So that would only have to happen if it's done by mutual consent. So there's that possibility. Chelsea. Plus Chelsea Bar- doesn't really know how to use. I mean, maybe now under Grand Potter it might, it might work, but yeah, Chelsea but he has how much, a... How much- how much money are you going to tie up in, into strikers? You signed Armando Broya to a new contract. You have Pierre Emerick Aubameyang there on huge wages. He's done nothing, and you're going to bring in Ronaldo there. I mean, Ronaldo's Ronaldo's going to cost them. He's almost going to break their wage bill. Yeah. Also, he's going to be. I mean, striker at Chelsea's cursed. So he's going to. It's going to be terrible. Like, well, if you it, were... it, it may it may be cursed, but the problem is that Aubameyang is doing his best wearing the number nine of Chelsea, that, that which is really cursed. And special agent Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, you thought him and Arteta fell out? Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh, uh. He is doing God's work. <laughs> he is fulfilling the prophecy. That's my captain. That's my captain, Abba. But well, you're Kelsey, right. Good. Barcelona has Lewandowski. Man oh, City. He would, he would never go to Barca anyway. That's true. He would never go to Barca anyway. Man City have Holland. Uh, Bayern was a spot for him, but. Uh, every everyone, including CEO uh, Oliver Kahn, said no. You know we're not interested in Ronaldo. Uh, Dortmund was mentioned as a place for him, but they've said no. Uh, Napoli was another place for him, but Napoli are winning uh, Serie A by I think eleven or twelve points. So why are you going to bring in Ronaldo to potentially derail what you already have? Keep what you have, and just keep yeah. running, keep running with it. Um, and then it just comes to it comes down to now. Unless there's a club out there, you know, maybe maybe in France, not PSG, but it comes down to there's two spots for him. It's either, well, he turned down $350 million a year in Saudi Arabia because he wanted to continue playing in Europe with his own European ambitions. And, and, and bravo to him because I think, I think that's 100% right. Going back to Spain makes a lot of sense for him, but I don't know if Atletico Madrid make a lot of sense for him. In terms of well, especially since he played for Real, sure, sure, but possibly, possibly that could could be a a deciding factor in him not wanting to go to Atletico. Um, and then the other one that makes a lot of sense too is going home and going to uh sporting in uh in Portugal where it all started for Ronaldo, and he's always said that's the place where he wants to finish his career if he thinks that he only has two and a half years left of his career then that's the spot that makes the most sense then yeah you could tout up a potential move to mls sure but i think ronaldo has, has much bigger ambitions than going and playing in the mls at the, at the moment so i, I kind of think a return to spain makes some level of sense and then of course going home to to portugal makes makes sense as well i wouldn't be surprised if maybe an italian another italian club were to were to come out you know do i dare say you know juventus or maybe he goes to roma with jose Mourinho? that would be that would be something. Roma, Roma can't afford it. Roma can't afford it. They've already broke broke their bank for for Dybala, so they can't afford it. But that would be nice to imagine. Also, um, why would he go back to Juventus? No idea. No idea. Yeah. They just they just need a, they just need help in a lot of ways. So why not Ronaldo? I guess 
Uh, and then maybe maybe going to Turkey could make some sense too, and just dominating the uh, dominating the Super League. Yeah, well, I mean, the Super League is in is in dire straits as far as like cash is concerned. Yes. So I don't think yes. that would be a great idea. I mean, no, I don't think so either. What a big get for MLS that would be if Ronaldo came there. That would oh, be, like be a, a huge get. It would be, be it would be absolutely David huge Beckham get. level of signing. Oh yeah, yeah. Ronaldo to like the Galaxy. LAFC, the Red Bulls, NYCFC, Inter Miami. Yep, Inter Miami. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely big market appeal in that for sure. Not just not just for those clubs for Ronaldo, because if Ronaldo wants to expand his brand in the United States, and we talk about this all the time with these with international athletes, that oh, where's where's the best place to make a name for yourself, make make a name for your brand? It's come to the United States. And that's, yeah. that's what Ronaldo could do. It would just be absolutely enormous for him if, if he were to do it. It would change MLS as we know it. But the problem is, is that the MLS does not have the same, you know, peaks as there are in in Europe, which I think Ronaldo still wants the opportunity to go to be fighting for league titles and, you know, then going to Champions Leagues and, and seeing if he can win one more Champions League. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what what ends up happening out of this. Um, but one thing is for sure, and that's Ronaldo will never be playing for Manchester United ever again. I think we can agree with that, Adam. I think so too. Which I mean, I'm not too bent out of shape about. Nope, neither am I. All right, so let's get into the World Cup as a whole. So we're going to go group by group. Uh, there are eight, as usual. And just talk about the teams and or just talk about like uh, where we who we think is going to come out of each group. I think I'll probably be easier yeah. instead of just Cleaner. going team by team. Yeah. So and, let's so, start... we're not, and so we're not here for five hours. Yeah. So let's start off with group A. And that is. And and also I just do want, do want to point out that after we go through all the groups and give our winners, um, we'll be getting into superlatives. So, yep. Super fun. All right. Group A. So we have Qatar, uh, we have Senegal, we have Ecuador, and we have the Netherlands. So I think, I mean, the Netherlands has got to come out of this group, right? <laughs> like yeah. it would be, it would be pretty shameful if they, if they did not. Yeah, yeah, they're com- they're coming out of the group. But second place is going to be a bit more dicey. Um. Ecuador is pretty good. I, I'm not really giving Qatar as much of a chance. And maybe like I I just feel like it's not gonna like they're not, yeah. Like they wouldn't they probably wouldn't have qualified if they weren't hosting the the tournament. Um, I can tell you for sure they wouldn't have qualified if they weren't hosting. Yeah, it's like it's like South Africa 2010. Yeah. And yeah, they're not really like they're not one of the main powers in the in the uh oh is it AFC? Yeah, the Asian Federation. Yep. Yeah. They're not really one of the main powers in the AFC. So wow. It does sound like I'm talking about football. Yeah. That's my also my initials, by the way, are AFC. It is. It yeah. is. But anyway, so yeah, Qatar probably is going to be finishing bottom of the group unless something crazy happens. So really it's between Ecuador and Senegal. And 
I mean, who do you got out of the out of those two teams? Uh, I have Senegal, e- even with Sadio Mane not fit as of yet, and there is still a real concern that Mane may only be available if needed in a third game where Senegal really needs a victory to advance out of this group that maybe there's a chance then that Sadio Mane does get the call. But then again, I still think Senegal has a better team all around than Ecuador does. You have Edward Mendy in net, Kali uh, Koulibaly uh, in, in defense, both both Chelsea boys. Uh, and then in the midfield, you're, you're pretty stacked, if I do say so myself, for, for Senegal with Idrissa Gay and Sheka Kuyate, both in the Premier League for Everton and for uh, Crystal Palace. So if Mane is fit and can prove to be fit, this could be a very tough out for anybody. But with the expectation that Mane would not be ready to go until at least the third group stage game, you're going to need Senegal to hopefully get grind out a result somewhere along the way. And I do think that Senegal will be able, will be able to grind, will grind out a result, get a win. And then all you need to do at that point is basically get a draw. And then depending on what Ecuador and Qatar do, that will set them up hopefully to uh, get out of this group. I think I honestly, I do think the way that this group might be decided honestly is two things. One, can someone get a result against the Dutch? And then number two, who beats up on Qatar the most to get the goal differential as yep. a tiebreak, if need be. And also those games between Ecuador and Senegal are going to be, are going to be intense because oh, yeah. there's going to be a, a lot running up, a lot riding on those for sure. For sure. And for honestly sure. with good goalkeeping or goaltending, where are Whatever you, whatever term you want to use, depending on what sport it is. But uh, with Edward Mendy, like you can go far. Um, at least you can make it out of the group stage with uh, good goal with good goalie play, and he's well, probably one of the best in this group. I think with the with the keeper situation with with Mendy, I mean, Mendy hasn't he's been in and out of the side for Chelsea because of the play of Kepa Aretha Balaga. So he's kind of coming in where his form hasn't been super convincing. But, I mean, last season we were talking about him being the best keeper in all of Europe. And he won the award that says such. So, you know, what happens with Mendy? Does he find his form in the World Cup? Does Senegal have the back line to protect him? to not necessarily put all the pressure on him. It's going to be very fascinating, but I do think Senegal have what it takes to get out of this group. And I do think that they, they will do that. And they come in second in the group with Ecuador third. All right. Group B. This is the fun group. Well, who, who do you have coming out of the group, Adam? Oh, I have uh another ones in Senegal. Okay, cool. Okay. Group B, the fun group. Yeah. Uh, the stressful group, honestly. The group of anxiety because it's uh, Iran or Iran, uh, America. Yeah, John, John Mullen would not be happy if you know, you know. Yeah, no, he, I, that's like a, that's like a Pavlov's dog thing yep. where as soon as I said it, I was like, nope, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. 
Iran, America, England, and Wales. So before we get into anything and talking about the group, uh, do you want me to read out my projected lineup for the United States? It's the only team I did it for, obviously. Um, but I just kind of think this is the way they're going to run out there. And I don't know if it's 100% right, but I kind of think this is the way it's going to be. Do you want me to read it out? Sure. So in goal, I, I, the way that I did it was I did it with – I did it's a 4-3-3 with a holding midfielder and – Two center mids, so no real, no real number ten. Um, you can play this formation where you have a false nine. Which, if Greg Berhalter does go with the false nine, it would be Jesus Ferreira. Um, but you'll see what I went with in a minute. Um, so in goal, I went with Matt Turner. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Zach Steffen left at home. Matt Turner in the team, no questions asked. At right back, I went with Serginio Dest. At center back, the right-hand center back, I went with Walker Zimmerman, who I think might be the first name on this team sheet, to be quite honest, given the way that he has played for the United States over the course of the last year. He's just been rock solid for the red, white, and blue. Uh, Left center back, this is actually one of the most interesting spots in the team because Chris Richards was supposed to be in this spot, defender for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. He had to pull out of contention for the World Cup due to injury. So now that left-handed center back spot is now very, very open. You could go with Aaron Long, but Aaron Long has faced criticism the world over. So I've actually gone with Tim Ream, and I'll tell you why. Tim Ream, defender of Fulham. Listen, I love it. As a Red Bulls fan, big fan of Aaron Long. (laughs) Well, Aaron Long is, is not a favorite of mine. I don't think Aaron Long is very good, but that's neither here nor there. Tim Ream is is. In a side right now with Fulham that are top eight, the Premier League, and he's going up against Wales and England teams with multiple Premier League players, one team chock full of Premier League players. So he he will know how to defend them, which is why. Yes, please. I'll put Tim Ream in there. Sure. Why not? And it's not it's, it's not just for an experience thing. He's actually played very well as uh, as well. So. Yes, please. I'm in. Uh, left back, I've gone for Anthony Robinson. I think that's a pretty straightforward decision. My holding midfielder, Tyler Adams. That's pretty straightforward as well. Uh, my left, my left-handed center mid. I've gone for Weston McKinney. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, the other center mid, you can go with a, a bunch of options here. You can go with um, with Brandon Aronson. You can go with Giovanni Reina. I've actually gone with Eunice Musa. Uh, with this spot, just because I think you could, you could bring off Gio Reyna and uh, Brendan Aronson off of the bench, have Musa in there. He offers something. He could be sort of as that at, that midfielder that sort of pushes forward and joins the attack. You could have McKinney that kind of sits back with Adams, and he could be sort of like that pivot. So I, I like the, I like what Musa brings to the tables, which is why I'm going to put him in there. And obviously, I love I love Brendan Aronson. I love Giovanni Reyna. But those two off the bench could be could be really, really useful uh, for the U.S., especially in a World Cup where you have five substitutes, which is the first time that, that that's happened. So having as many options off of the bench is just as important as having uh, enough options in your starting 11, of course. And then the front three, I went with LeBron James, Christian Pulisic at, on the left side. <laughs> I went with Tim Weah on the right. And then... Up front, speaking of the right, 
I went with Haji Wright. <laughs> the man who never should have been in the team. I have Ooh. starting. Because guess what? There's a reason why he's in this team. There's Ooh. a reason why he is in this team. And I'm telling you, he is going to start a game at some point. I'm only booing your pun. I'm not booing Haji Wright. Oh, I, I, Haji Wright being in this team over Ricardo Pepe is an absolute disgrace. Honestly, I'm not. I'm surprised you didn't put uh, Josh Sargent up front. I, I thought about Sargent. I definitely, I definitely did thought about, uh, think about Sargent. Um, and is it possible that he does get the get the go? Yeah, it's definitely possible. But again, it all goes back to what I said with uh, Brandon Aronson and with Giovanni Reina. Have as many options off the bench as you can possibly have. Yep. All right. So Group B. Uh, this is going to be a hard fought group. Because these are four pretty good teams, um, and the U.S. is in for is in for it, uh, going up against England, Wales, and Iran. Very much so. But I think, and also the X factor of England sucks at World Cups is in play. I mean, listen, last year notwithstanding, or last time notwithstanding. Um, England sucks the World Cups is kind of a, is a bit of a factor. So could we see a repeat of was it 2014, 2010, where they 2010. just like 2010, where they 2010. just got where they just like weren't even there essentially? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. But if you want to make a reasonable prediction prediction, I think that England finishes top of the group. So what I have. Um, and then it's really going to be a battle for second. And the U.S. has a good team. And, I mean, Gareth Bale has some momentum coming off of winning the MLS Cup with the get, with the LAFC. Um, but I think that the U.S. edges out Wales for second place. This is not an unreasonable prediction at all. I think I actually think um, the U.S. and Wales are pretty evenly matched. And I think that first match day of U.S. versus Wales is going to be very telling to see um, who comes out second in this group. With that being said, I am going with Wales. I do think Wales are a better team than the U.S. Uh, well, they're, the more, US they're a more veteran team than the yeah, U.S. They, they, are, they are a much more experienced team. Um, and the U.S. has stumbled coming into this world cup. They just don't it just watching them play with, with Greg Berhalter. They just don't seem like they have a set system. They feel like it's more tailor made to the players that are going to be in each starting 11 more so than it's what the coach wants to play. And that is never how it works. I don't care that it's for a national team, the national team, you have to have a set system that the players have to adapt to. And yeah, things within the system, you know, you find what you can get, most of out of your players, of course, but you don't tailor made your system to the players that you're playing because that just means that you're always changing. You're always going to be changing. There's no cohesion. There's nothing. So coming in, I'm not very confident about the U.S.'s chances. Uh, obviously, I am rooting for the U.S. I will be rooting for the U.S. Um, but with that being said, I just think there is uh, more talent Um I don't know if I would say more talent. I think the U.S. may be more talented team than Wales. But I think, as Adam said, is correct that the experience is most certainly there with 
with Wales. And not to mention, I mean, if I do, if I do say so myself, that Wales do have the one, the only Aaron Ramsey in their team. And that is just a friend of mine. Love him. That's a great guy. Yeah. Real shame for Iran that they're they're not gonna do anything in this. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be so certain in that. I wouldn't be so certain in that. Because I, I, honestly, I think Betty Taremi might be one of those one of those under the radar players that comes out in this World Cup, and you could potentially be left being like, "Oh, who is this?" But Mehdi Taremi has made himself a pretty nice little life uh, leading the line for Porto, and he's going to be doing it with with Iran. So he's definitely a name to 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 keep an eye out for, and and Sadara's Moon as well. Um, those are those are two of the bigger names, the two big goal scoring threats that Iran have. Then they could they could punish anybody. They could punish England. They could punish Wales, and they could punish the U.S. if those teams are not careful. So, even though I do have Iran finishing last in the group, I I, I do agree with you, Adam. I don't think it's it's not going. They're not a pushover team. All right. Um, so Group C is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Mexico, Argentina, and Poland. Lionel Messi's last ride at the uh, last World Cup. Last so, chance to win it. Last chance to win it. Um, I do think that Argentina finishes top of this group, and it's going to be a ba- it's going to be a bit of a battle between Poland and Mexico. But you know, Robert Lewandowski is Robert Lewandowski, so he's probably going to be. The reason why, if Poland finishes second and comes out of this group, he's going to be the reason why. This is a really close call. This was a really, really, really close call. I do, I do think L3 do have a really, really good side um, going into the World Cup. But the problem is, is that they just aren't fit. And coming in already damaged and bruised, it, it it's hard for me to see them getting healthy on time and then finding the groove to, to get them in a position where they can do damage in a group with Poland, with Argentina and with a Saudi Arabia side that I think can be very, very dangerous, especially on the counter. The thing with, with Mexico that also concerns me a little bit is they don't, seem to have the guys that can consistently put the ball in the back of the net. I think over the years, we've seen the likes of Giovanni Dos Santos, uh, Chicharito Hernandez. They've been those guys to be able to do that. But obviously, they are not in the squad. So who's left over? It's Raul Jimenez, who has not had the best season at Wolves. And then it's Chucky Lozano. And Chucky Lozano... yeah, Also not having a great season... Yeah, in, not not having the best season, but is also but is also more of a wide player. Where Mexico, I think, if 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 Mexico's got to have a chance, I think the way that they do it is by sitting back, letting their their opponents have the ball, and then going on the counter, which is exactly how they were able to beat Germany in in the last World Cup. If they're able to do that and they're able to do it effectively, then I could see Mexico potentially getting in over Poland, and also need to factor in that Memo Ochoa is. This is where he lives. This is where he lives. He does nothing for club, but when he puts on a Mexico shirt, oof, the guy looks like prime, prime Oliver Khan. So 
that's also something to, to consider. But with that being said, um, I am going to go for, in my opinion, one of the dark horses actually to win this entire tournament in Poland with what they have at the back. Wojciech uh, Chesney between the sticks. Good friend of mine. Represent Wojciech what a Chesney. Shock. What a shock. That's a great guy. Love him. Um, yeah, too bad he it, smokes in the shower like a weirdo. That's a great guy. Hey, hey, you know what? Sometimes you need you need a little uh, you need a little, little 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 huff of something in the shower. I don't blame him. Um, I think I think the problem though with Poland that I could see potentially is in defense. I don't think that they necessarily have the best defensive group in the world, but in midfield and then with their forward ranks, yeah, yeah, they can they can punish teams if they if they want to. So. I'm going to go with Poland to get through, but it's not going to be – it's going to be very, very, very close. Very close. Yep. It's going to be very interesting. This could be, an, this could be another one that I have to say. Like I, I, think, I think Wales will get through on points. I think this is another one that could be decided by goal differential. I really do. All right. And then – so uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia, we've agreed is probably going to be bringing up the rear. Yeah, probably bringing up the rear, but they'll be very competitive. Their, their games, their, their games will be exciting. Yep. All right, Group D. We have France, Denmark, Australia, and Tunisia. So yeah, France, I think coming in, coming in hot for Didier Deschamps. Deschamps. And finishing top of this group, pretty easy enough, right? Nope. No? Mm-mm. Nope. I have Denmark winning the group. Really? You want a surprise? There it is. I have Denmark winning the group. I have Denmark winning the group, and I'll even add a, I'll even add a caveat. You ready for this? Yeah. Denmark actually beat France. And finish the group with a perfect record. No way. They go 3-0-0, win the group with nine points. So what is your rationale here? Um, I think we've, we've just seen Denmark take it to big teams before. They are not afraid of anybody. This is another – we talk about experience with these tournaments – this is another very experienced group with a lot of world-class players. Casper uh, Schmeichel in goal, uh, Andreas Christensen uh, in defense. This is this is a team that really, if we look at their overall construction, though, it's built in the midfield with Christian Eriksen pulling all the strings. Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is going to sit back and he's going to act as that sort of sweeper right in front of the back four. And then... Really, it comes down to who else do you want to play there? If you want to have Matthias Jensen there for Brentford, you can do that. If you want Tomas Delaney playing in the midfield, plays club ball for Sevilla, he can do that as well. Christian Norgard as well, who has just been fantastic. You have a whole bunch of options in, in, in midfield for for Denmark. And then even up front, Mikael Damsgaard, who really made a name for himself at the Euros, he could be someone that may has a huge World Cup and be and is that player that comes out of nowhere and has a monster World Cup. And we'll get to that with our uh, breakout players. He's one of the candidates for that. Um, Yusuf Paulson, who had a, a pretty good Euro as well and is still playing some pretty solid club ball for RB Leipzig. 
Casper Dolberg, who it wasn't so long ago that we were talking about Casper Dolberg being one of the shining prospects coming out of the Academy of Ajax, gets into this Denmark team. I just think this is a this is a veteran group that gets it. They've been together for a couple of years. They know what they have to do. And it isn't so much that I'm doubting France. It's more, well, A, we've seen World Cup hangovers before. So I was going to say, that you know. That wouldn't be a surprise. The World Cup curse, they're going to go 0-3 and, and then just completely crash out. That's just how it goes. Bingo. And then and then uh, Deschamps magically resigns and Zinedine Zidane becomes the manager of France. That would that wouldn't surprise anybody, I don't think. Um, but it's also it's also really it's an aging sort of squad, but at the same time, it's a young squad. It's it, it's it's a weird team. It's a really weird team with with I want to say with 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 class players. I'm not saying that it's that you know they're bad players in this team. They obviously had the best defender in all of Europe and William Saliba in the team. So how could it be how could it be too terrible? Um, but in all in all seriousness. It's a weird mix. and I don't really know what the combination is going to be. I think Didier Deschamps is going to have a huge, a huge decision to make at the back with deciding who's going to be in his back line. Does he play with a five? Does he play with a three? Does he play with a four even? We've seen all those looks before. He's going to have a harder decision up front, to be honest with you, with all that talent. I think it's pretty set that's probably going to be Benzema and Mbappe. But I think it all comes down to what formation is it? What formation does he go with? Well, if he goes with a front three or a front four, it's going to like picking those guys is going to be is going to be difficult. Oh, absolutely. Because the, 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 the team is just is stupid. I mean, would it, would it shock you to see Deschamps go with uh, Giroud at some point? Probably not. Eh, maybe a little. No, maybe, it wouldn't shock me. Maybe it's how it wouldn't bit. shock me. Maybe, Deschamps, maybe. Listen, Deschamps is, a, is an Arsene Wenger disciple once upon a time. Wenger loved Olivier Giroud. That means Didier Deschamps has to love Olivier Giroud too. Uh, but I, I do think France get through, but I do think they finish second in this group um, with, with obviously Denmark at one, and then I have it Australia at three, and then Tunisia at four. I don't know, man. I mean, thinking about World Cup hangovers, the the Socceroos might do something. Oh, I love me the Socceroos. I want them to win this group. <laughs> I want I seriously, I want them to win this group. Full on Matty Ice with one T. You love to see it. You mean Arsenal legend Matt Ryan? No. Yeah, Arsenal legend Matt Ryan. No. <laughs> He's whatever. That's a great guy. Love him. But yeah, uh, that would be fun. That would be that would just be fun to have Australia go through. Absolutely. Hell yeah. All right. Next up, Group E, the group of death, or at least one of them. One of two groups of death, presumptive groups of death. Uh, we have Japan, Croatia, Germany, and Spain. Do you have anybody other than Germany and Spain going through in this group? No. Okay. Just making sure. No. Just the order I could be swayed on. Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, Japan is pretty underrated, I think. And honestly, so is Costa Rica in soccer. Um, but yeah, honestly, the order is going to kind of flip flop. I mean, I have Costa Rica third and Japan fourth, but that could, that is subject to change. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, it's super even for the, for third and fourth. Yeah, I have a Japan three, Costa Rica four, and then I have a Germany one and Spain two. Okay, well, I have Germany one and Spain two. Yeah, so, so we're the same. Yeah, uh, but I could I could flip flop that pretty easily because I think I do think Spain are a team that not not a lot of people are really talking about. Well, well yeah, Spain has Imerical Laporte. He's fantastic. Well, he's not as good as William Saliba, but. What people people are talking about Spain, but for all the wrong reasons, and we'll get we'll get to that later. Yeah, but it's got to be Germany and Spain at this point. Yep, yep. I think Hansi, Hansi Flick takes his side through, and I think Luis Enrique takes his side through. Yep. All right. Group F: Morocco, Canada, Belgium, and Croatia. Can I just put Morocco at one because that's where Casablanca is? What I, what's my favorite film? I know. It's such a great film. How have you good. ever seen Casablanca? I've only seen the last scene of Casablanca, actually. Ah, ah. You have to watch the entire film. Actually, and also the clip that was that's like of all the people to walk into my bar, it's you. That's ah. the other that's the other part. Really pulls at the, the heartstrings. Yeah. Really, really pulls at the heartstrings. Anybody, anybody who has never seen Casablanca, please, please watch. Educate yourself, cinematic excellence. It, it is truly, it, it's a masterpiece. Yep. And anybody, anyway. I, and I will not accept slander about Casablanca. Uh-uh. Not a chance. Do you think it's the, do you think it's the best movie of all time? Absolutely. Better no, than The Godfather? No, second, second, second. Citizen Kane? What's your, oh, what do you think is the best movie of all time? Is it Gone with the Wind? Gone with no! the Wind? No! <laughs> good fellas it's my it's my favorite movie one of my favorite I mean, it's movies. a great it's a great choice but it's not my favorite we've got over this no you said your favorite is casablanca oh 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 it's a shawshank redemption i forget thank you <laughs> yeah shawshank shawshank is is just oh so it's crafted so beautifully oh what a film what i think last time i you, about it last time you asked me that question i also said gone with the wind as my guest because i for some reason, I keep thinking that you really like that movie. I do like that movie. I, I, film. Film. I like that film. Adam. Well, it is on film. Because like it's old. I like that yeah, film. Great That's, film. Gone with the Wood is a great film. It's a great film. You know what else is a great film? Revenge of the Sith is a fantastic <laughs> film. It's not as good as Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I don't get the hell out of here. You know, I, so quick sidebar before we get into talking about uh, Group F, because, uh, yeah, we um, are 47 minutes in and we still have a lot, a lot more to do. Um, but I am uh, we're having our family Thanksgiving celebration on Saturday with um, my mom's side because, you know, divorced parents, you know, that whole thing. And um, so we usually do this on Christmas. This year for Thanks Saturday, as we like to call it, my cousin's fiance and I have a tradition where we normally will sit on the couch, drink expensive bottles of bourbon, 
and watch some former Star Wars. Saturday, we are doing such a thing, only we are watching the last episode of Obi-Wan, and then we're watching Red to the Sith. <laughs> I can't and wait. In what order? Are you watching Revenge of the Sith first? Yeah, Revenge of the Sith first. Okay, that makes more sense. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You can oh, you have to watch it in chronological order, Adam. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, like, that's just it's like, oh, so so what's going on? Oh, chronological order is very important here. Very, 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 very important here. Very important. Anyway, absolutely. let's let's talk about group F and let's talk about why Canada is gonna finish top of the group. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's not Casablanca should should uh, be the best cinematic film of all time that everybody has seen. Um, but I, I do actually, I do think Morocco are going to finish bottom of the group and it kills me and it kills me. It really does because Morocco may come fourth, but they're number one in my heart. And that's what matters because they have Casablanca. Yeah. And Canada is going to finish right at third. Yeah. It's, it's going to be Belgium and Croatia are just too good. Yeah. And I, I, I do actually think this actually would have been if Canada were placed somewhere else. Like I think if you put Canada in group A with Senegal and with uh Qatar, I think Canada would have gotten through in that group. But I just think with Croatia and with Belgium, I think those two teams are just they're they're too good. They're too good. The only thing that I have with Croatia and maybe it's my my one and only sort of concern is 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 this group do they have one more run left in them because it's an aging it's an aging group they have players that are trying to become the next generation to continue on what you know what Luka Modric have done um in some way what Mateo Kovacic and Marcelo Brozovic have done as well Dejan Lovren Ivan Perisic, Ivan Perisic um, as well. Yeah, with uh, with now coming up with uh, Gavardial and with Mislav Orsic, who, by the way, if, if you have not seen Mislav Orsic, please do. He's fantastic. He uh, single handedly buried Spurs and single handedly buried Chelsea. So that makes him just a favorite of mine. Um, but I do think Croatia have one last run in them, and I have Croatia uh, in its second and Belgium in at one. Easy enough. That's basically what I have. So let's move on to group G. Uh, if Canada was in this group, they might have a chance of making it up, making it out. I don't think so. This is, this is a fascinating group. And it's not because the team is at the top. It's everybody else. Yeah. So we have uh, Cameroon, Brazil, Switzerland, and Serbia. Um, can I say this is my favorite group? Sure. I love this group. I love, love, love this group because I love all the teams that play in it. And I love the way that they play. And there's players for everybody here. Brazil. The favorites to win the tournament. They're one. They're making it through. Perfect record. And probably will have the player of the tournament in Gabriel Martinelli. I think you mean... Ederson. Nah. He may not even start. May not even start. Gabriel Martinelli. He gets in over Neymar. Just kidding. Um, but then everything underneath is, is it truly is a toss-up of who gets in second. 
with Cameroon and the pace that they have with Switzerland, the technicality that they have, and then with Serbia with the physicality that they have. It's a bit of everything for everyone. I went with Serbia has some has some talent up front. Uh, yes, they do, which is why I'm picking them to finish second in the group. Because when we were going through one of the superlatives, uh, one of the breakout players that I considered for this World Cup was Dusan Vlavic, who will be leading the line for Serbia. He was one of the one of the ones I did consider for that spot. Um, did not pick him, but I think between uh, with Serge Milinkovic Savic feeding balls to uh, Dusan Vlavic. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I think Serbia, with that firepower, do get it done. I think this is a big, big, big tournament for Dusan Vlavic to become that international name that a lot of people thought that he potentially could be. Hasn't really fired on all fronts for Juventus this season. I think this is where he potentially gets on that international stage where maybe he has a huge World Cup. You could be talking about him maybe making getting a huge summer move, uh, maybe to a club like Manchester United who need a striker. Never know. Yep. All right. Uh, did I say? But oh. but I do I do want to I do want to uh, put this out there. Um, I am rooting for Brazil one and Switzerland two because you have the best player in the tournament, Gabriel Martinelli, and the best midfielder, maybe of all time, in Granite Xhaka. Just saying. Yeah, Man City only has one Brazilian player that's going here, so. I don't know. Should have had or, three. Should have had three. But you know what? I'm completely okay with uh, Gabriel Magalhaes uh, staying at home. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Re- rest up, King. Yeah. Well, you know, I think they should bring Fernandinho out of retirement because he he's he's fantastic. <laughs> I listen. I, I I do love me some Fernandinho. I do. Someone but, who had no business being any good and was fantastic and fit his role like a glove. He is, he's, he's not gone. Anyway, that's besides the point. So I have it, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Okay. Uh, last group, group, group H. Another group South- of death. Another group of death another, candidate. Yep. We have South Korea, Ghana, Uruguay, Portugal. Oh boy. Portugal, second home of Manchester City. So many, so many city players on this Portugal team. <laughs> yeah. You almost have to pick Portugal by default. Yeah, well, listen, they have the actual, oh, he's injured, but still, he he's not playing. But the actual best center back in the Premier League is, is Portuguese. But get well soon, Ruben. But, he, uh, he, 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 he got called into the team, so he could play. He could play in this World Cup. He did get the call. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if he does. But, yeah. Uh, and Bernardo and Joe Cancelo, best left back in the Premier League, you know, whole bit. So you wish, you wish, best midfielder in the in the Premier League used to be one of yours. What a great uh, guy! Lo- love me some Alex, some Alexander Zinchenko. Hey, I, I, I just want to ask you something. I want to ask you something about, about Mrs. Zinchenko before we get to Group H. Um, does Zinchenko have a mural of him playing for Man City in his house? Just wondering. Well, maybe he used to. I don't think he does. It would be weird if he didn't, or if he did now. He does. Because within, he's only been at Arsenal for 
three months and the man already has the emirates painted in his ass well you know he didn't really start all the time for man city so i mean good for him it doesn't start all the time for us good good for him i guess that's a great guy that's just a great guy i root for his success all the time i always thought he was a class player at man city that's so thankful he's ours now anyway pep made a massive mistake giving us Gabby Jesus and Alexander Zinchenko. What was he thinking? Terrible manager. No. We Fraud. have we have Joe Cancelo. He's we're fine. Well, Joe Cancelo, Joe Cancelo is currently not on the first place team in the Premier League. You know oh, who is? Will... You know who is? Alexander Zinchenko. Can we talk about this group please? Sure. Okay. Um it's going to be a tight fight between Portugal and Uruguay, I think for the top two spots. Um, and I think the talent of Portugal uh, pulls them through past Uruguay. I do too, and I want to preface this by saying I think Ronaldo has a huge World Cup to prove a point. Yeah, kind of like the Euros that one time. He kind of has to. He kind of has to. There was a stat that I was going to save for the end but I'll, I'll mention it now. So the Euros in 2008, David Villa was the golden boot winner. 2010, Spain went on to win the World Cup. Euros in 2012, Mario Gomez went to win the golden boot. 2014, Germany won the World Cup. 2016, Antoine Griezmann. Won the golden boot at the Euro. Who won the World Cup in 2018? France. Adam, who won the golden boot at Euro 2020? I would assume it's Cristiano Ronaldo. It is Cristiano Ronaldo. That's the that's what the what you're leading into here. Mm-hmm. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. So you think that so, Portugal is going to win the World Cup? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you if you believe in those things, and you believe in quirky little stats, which I know Adam absolutely loves, and just uh, goes. All uh, all gets all uh, crazy for. There it is. There, there's there's your stat. I think Portugal Portugal do win this group, and it's very close for me between Uruguay uh, Uruguay and and Ghana. I was very tempted to pick Ghana. I really was, just because Ghana always find a way to get through. They always do. Um, I'm still but, thinking about the thing that you said about the golden boot because, like, is it is it coincidence? Like, is it pattern recognition or is it the fact that well, Spain Spain won three straight international tournaments. It's flawed as hell because you haven't had a South American team win the World Cup in, I believe, 16 years. Wait. If my math is right. That's... When was the last time Brazil... Brazil was the last team to win, South American team to win. And they won in the 90s. So the last oh, they won 2002. Okay, so my math wasn't right. It was 20 it was 20 years. Yeah. Uh let me just make sure that my math is correct. Yeah, 2002 cuz Italy won it in 2006. So yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So well also like you know Spain had an amazing team that won three straight international championships. Sure. Um, Germany had an amazing team that 
basically like wiped the floor with Brazil in that famous semifinal. And France uh, were finalists in Euro 2016, and they had the best player in the world. So it's not because Antoine Griezmann won the Golden Boot. Antoine Griezmann didn't even like. He wasn't the main reason that France even won that year. But he was a big part of it. But it was mostly Mbappe. I would say Griezmann was a big part of it, though. It wasn't like yeah. Griezmann sat of the bench and did nothing. No. But Griezmann also, start, Griezmann started in the final. He did. I be, didn't, didn't he score a penalty in that final? I don't remember. Please hold. But yeah, I think it, it's it's going to be Portugal and Uruguay in the top two, and then Ghana, and then uh, South Korea. So, yep. I will not be rooting for South Korea. Absolutely not. Yep, Griezmann Griezmann scored a penalty in that in that World Cup final. Can I can be rooting for South Korea. I'm not Why rooting not? for South Korea. Absolutely not. Why not? Because they have Son. Fuck them. Okay. He's scum. Okay. He's scum. Hey, listen. Portugal has that asshole penalty diver, Bruno. And I'm still rooting for him. You're also rooting for Ronaldo. And I don't blame you. Who's also an asshole penalty diver. No, he's not. He, he's, he is a world-class <laughs> professional. I want, I, my God. My God. If, if, if Ronaldo does something ridiculous at this World Cup, I'm letting out the biggest C. Of, of all time. It's the most annoying thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. It's amazing. Man United fans have absolutely killed it because they do it whenever he scores. They've absolutely murdered it. Anyway, so let's get into Superlatives now that we've gone over the whole group. Well, are we, we going to pick um, just oh, brackets? Who, Do you want to just rapid fire through our brackets? Uh, that's. I don't think we have enough time for that. I think we I'll should do probably... It. I'll do it. Okay. I'll go through mine very quick. I'll All right. blast through mine. Mine will take me two minutes. Um, so Netherlands and Wales, I have the Dutch. Argentina and France, I have Argentina. Germany and Croatia, I have Croatia beating Germany and getting getting through. Brazil versus Uruguay, I have Brazil. England versus Senegal, I have England. Denmark versus Poland, I have Poland beating Denmark and getting to a quarterfinal versus England. Belgium versus Spain, I'm going Belgium. And then Portugal versus Serbia, I'm going with Portugal. Just wanted to make sure that, that was right. So then in the quarters, <laughs> Netherlands and Argentina, I'm going with Argentina. Croatia versus Brazil, I'm going with Brazil. England versus Poland, I'm going with England. And then Belgium versus Portugal, I'm going with Portugal. In the what semis... A- uh, what Ar- a gun show that's going to be. Belgium versus Portugal. <laughs> be fucking fantastic. It's going to be great. And then in the semifinal, the battle of South American powers, Argentina versus Brazil. I'm going with Brazil to beat Argentina to get to the World Cup final. And then the rematch. England versus Portugal. How fitting would this be, Adam? With everything that has gone on, in the last 24 hours, we're recording this on Tuesday, everything that's gone on in the last 24 hours and the hopes of a nation to go to a World Cup final 
The only thing that's stopping them is Cristiano Ronaldo. After everything that he has gone through this week, how fitting would that be? Well, I'll tell you that there is half of Manchester that's like, I don't see what the problem is. I'm always going to root against Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, and in that semifinal, Ronaldo gets his revenge. Portugal goes to a World Cup final, beats England in penalties. Oh, God. So in the final, it is Brazil versus Calm Portugal. Come down there, Joker, you, you sadist. <laughs> I was very tempted to give everyone the wet dream for just to have the world shut down for two hours. Messi versus Ronaldo in a World Cup final. I was so tempted. Do I think it's fixed for it to potentially be that? Is the conspiracy theorist talking to me? Yes. With everything that this World Cup has been, how fitting would it be? Fixed corruption. Argentina, Messi, Portugal, Ronaldo in a World Cup final. It would not be the first time. Would be the first time, won't be the last. Um, nope. But see, two, non-fixed... see 2002, all the earlier World Cups. Yep. Most of them were fixed. <laughs> in a not fixed World Cup, Brazil and Portugal go to a World Cup final and Brazil win the World Cup. Honestly, it would be kind of crazy to see Brazil and England play each other in a final in the World Cup final. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. No, no, it's like I'm like the father be watching my children like fight against each other. Think that of the talent. Nice. Think of the talent bird. I don't care. I don't want to see Gabriel Martinelli going up against Bukayo Saka. No, boys, settle down. Be nice. Be nice to each other. I don't want to see Gabby Jesus potentially going rough and wild into uh, into claims being made by Aaron Ramsdale. No. No, 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 no. Calm down, everybody. I want to see Gabby Jesus getting into tussles with Ben White. Settle down. Settle down. Well, you know, uh knows a thing or two about scoring on Allison, so I don't know. That he does. <laughs> that he does. Brazil Brazil win the World Cup. Oh, well, that'll be interesting. Who's your pick, Adam? Um ooh. Brazil's a pretty good shout. And it seems like they have the they have the the team to do it. But I think hmm. Tough call. Very, very, very tough call. I'm going to go with Portugal. Ronaldo wins himself a World Cup. Yep. That would, it, would, it would solve the greatest player of all time debate. Yep. It would. Well, I mean, I, kinda... I, in either direction. In either direction. I think if, if Messi wins himself a World Cup, Messi is undoubtedly the greatest player of all time. If Ronaldo, if Ronaldo wins a World Cup and has a Euro and a World Cup over Messi, there's there's no debate. Yeah. It's settled. And more Champions Leagues, but still. Yeah, it, it's settled. Ronaldo, Ronaldo would be a better, a better player all time than Messi. Yeah. And the biggest question in human history would be solved. Ronaldo is a better player than Messi if he's able to win a World Cup. I, and same thing goes the other way around. The debate would be solved if one of yeah. Argentina or Portugal win a World Cup. I would agree so, with you. There would still be a couple of people in the corner saying, but what about Pele? 
But oh, those people need to pipe it. I hate I hate those people. But Pele won three World Cups. I hate those people. <laughs> different era, different era. But he won three. But, but not not like this. Not like this. This is a this is a golden age. All right. Well, anyway, superlatives. Superlatives. All right. Let's start with the positives. Who sure. is your surprise team? Um, I mentioned them before. I mentioned them before as the runners up in Group G, Serbia. Serbia, very nice, very nice. Um, my surprise team, the U.S. isn't a surprise because I would call. Yeah. I would consider that a surprise. I think, well, for us it isn't because everybody has high hopes for this team. I'd be surprised. I'd be so yeah, no, I'm gonna pick the US. Okay. It's a young That's team, fine. a lot of potential. Yeah, a lot I, don't, of players. I, don't, I don't think yeah. it's like okay. So if the US let's just let's just fantasize. The US get out of the group. If they win the group, they would be going up against Senegal. Or whomever's second place in Group A, which is a very favorable draw. If they don't win the group, they then run into potentially Argentina, France, or the, or the and the Netherlands. Dutch. Well, they would yeah. run into the Dutch more than likely. Yeah. So, would the U.S. beat the Dutch? Uh oh, God. Probably. It'd really? Be tight. Maybe. Uh, it would be tough. It's a, I would think be... if anything, they win that, they win that in penalties. I, I, don't, I don't think they beat the Dutch in, in normal time. I would be stunned. Me too. I think the best way, the best path where you could say to me, yes, you at the U.S. can get to the semifinal is if Denmark win their group and then U.S. win their group. because And, and of course, the Dutch win their group because then – you have a bracket then, like I have it here, of U.S., Senegal, slash Ecuador, slash Qatar, Denmark, who would win the group over France, and then Poland. That is where I could see potentially the U.S. getting to a semifinal. But you have to hope then that Mexico don't come second. Because if Mexico comes second in that group, if Mexico were to win in the round of 16 and the U.S. were to win in the round of 16, you have a quarterfinal of U.S. and Mexico. Oh, that's all the all the agita. You ain't kidding. I, I I would be a nervous wreck. All of the like, even if like Canada, would there be a way for us to play Canada outside of like would that, does uh, that, make, does that work in the bracket? Let me just do the math. No. There would be no no way for us to play Canada unless they're winning their group. Unless they're winning the group, we would we would play them in the semifinal. Oh. Yeah. Well we we can play Mexico. We can. Yeah. Which God help us all if, if if that's the case. But that's the way the US can get to a semifinal is by winning the group. Because it, the path there is much easier. But if they don't win the group. Then they have to go through the Dutch, more than likely. And then, say, France don't finish first in the group, 
and they have to play Argentina, who probably will finish first in their group, they'd play the winner of Argentina and France. That would be their reward. Congrats, guys. Great job beating the Dutch, but here's your reward. You get to play Messi or the defending champs. Yeah, Messi or Mbappe. Have fun yep. defending that. Good luck. Good luck. Yep. So if there's any chance the U.S. can make it to a semifinal, they have to win the group. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to be very dicey, potentially, uh, seeing this team making uh, making a deep run. But I like the shout. I like the shout. Yeah. They, they well, can win the group. They, they absolutely can. But they can also finish dead last. That, that that's definitely in the as I say in the fantasy show all the time. It's within the range of outcomes. It sure is. But I mean, yeah, winning the group is going to be a pretty tough ask with. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It would require beating England. Yeah. For or at thing. least getting a point off of them and then hoping Wales or Iran can uh, can help us out. Yep. All right. Uh, breakout player. So there were a lot of choices that I, w- I wanted to put with this. Um, Dusan Vlavic was one that I said at the top. Um, Gabriel Martinelli was another one that I wanted to put in there, but I don't think he's going to see enough time given that, of course, uh, the loaded forward group that exists for Brazil. Uh, Bukayo, Bukayo Saka for England was one that I wanted to throw in here as well. Uh, Aurelien Schumann for France was one I wanted to put in here, but I actually went with a with with a player that was linked with a big money move last summer to Manchester United. Adam's definitely thinking of one guy, but it's not that one guy. Linked with a big money move to Manchester United, stayed at his club, and is currently firing on all cylinders in the Eredivisie. And we're now talking about him potentially making a big money move. Uh, in the winter or even in the summer. That's Cody Gakpo forward for PSV Eindhoven, who will be playing for the Dutch. You could play him anywhere. You could play him as a 10 in midfield. You can play him as a wide player on the left. You could play him as a striker. You can play him as a false nine. He brings pace. He brings direct ability, and he brings a lethal finishing touch to the mix, which is something that the Dutch do need because they don't necessarily have the out-and-out goal scorers in their team. They have it They have it defensively. In goal, they're pretty set. Midfield, they're very strong. They just don't have it in the forward ranks. They don't have that out-and-out goal scorer. If they find that, the Dutch could be very, very dangerous in this tournament. I think Cody Gakpo could step up, be that guy. That's why he's my breakout pick. I think he gets his big money move next summer, which they've been talking about with PSV now for the last 12 months. And they're anticipating a big money move for him at some point. And he's going to get it after this World Cup, whether it's in the winter or in the summer. So Cody Gakpo. Who'd you think I was thinking of? I wasn't thinking of anybody. I was thinking I was thinking you, you were thinking of Frankie de Jong. Oh, <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. Fits, fits the criteria. Linked with the big money moves, Manchester United. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to stay close to, and by close to home, I mean the team that I support with my breakout player, uh, Calvin Phillips for England. He's got to be fit first. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Homer. I'm sorry, it's Mr. A Homer pick. I, okay. Yeah, sure. I, we're both. I'm the only one that's a homer on this entire show. You you didn't see me uh, picking Bukayo Saka or Gabriel Martinelli to be breakout players or, or or William Saliba. You almost did. I've already said he's the best center back of the tournament. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to mention him anymore. It's a great guy. <laughs> okay, well, you know, 
another category actually that I'm thinking of, uh, I think a lot of, I mean, there's some examples of players using this tournament as kind of like a get right deal for them, like playing for their country. And are there any guys like, uh, you know, maybe like aging star players where you're like, you know, that guy could really use this tournament to, to get right. And you're Ronaldo. Get besides Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Besides Ronaldo. <laughs> Um, besides Ronaldo, hmm. Uh, Edward Mendy. Yeah. Edward Mendy could be, could be a really, really good shout. Um, I'm trying to think maybe Courtois because he's, he's been hurt. So maybe he uses this, the tournament to get back, um, into some level of fitness. Um, what about Paulo Dybala? I mean, he's, he's eh, eh. I like to, hmm. Maybe. I mean, he's firing though for 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 Roma. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe Gareth Bell. Maybe Gareth Bell is a big tournament, and there's some team in Europe that wants to bring him back. Gareth Bell is firing for LAFC. You want to turn? You want a championship? Like, yeah, like and he could fire at a World Cup. He could fire at a World Cup, and some team could, could be like, maybe in the Premier League, some team is like, oh, hey, hey, we remember you. Uh, you want to come play for us? You want to come play in the Premier League again? Kai Havertz? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, it really, it could be anybody anybody for, for Chelsea, to be fuck honest. Him. Fuck him, by the way. Fuck Kai Havertz. It, it really could be. It really could be anybody, anybody who's playing for Chelsea. It's, yeah. it's not a not a bad shout. Mason Mason Mount could be another one. I mean, he he honestly that could be. I mean, it could be a discussion all in, in and all of itself. I mean, Mason Mount is is a really really good midfielder. I don't I don't want to get that mistaken, but honestly, I I don't see how he starts for England. Well, England is so deep up front that they got to put some of these guys in midfield. Well, but then again, then again, I mean, who who knows what what. Uh, Gareth Southgate is looking for, considering Harry Maguire made the team and, and Fakayo Tomori is sitting at home doing nothing when he just won Serie A last year with AC Milan and was a big reason why they won the Serie A last year. Well, you know, if you're not playing in England, Gareth Southgate has, bl- has uh, blinders on. True. True. That's very true. Because Harry Maguire sucks. And I'm not just saying that as a Man City fan. I'm saying that as a, as a person who watches soccer. Harry Maguire sucks. Yeah, no, he's not good. He's not good. And the England, the England team—not not to get totally off track um, with the Supporters, but the England setup is going to be very interesting. Of what they decide to do, if they decide to play with a four, or if they decide to play with a five, with three in the middle, and then two wing backs. It'll be very interesting to see what they decide to go with. I mean, Luke Shaw, I think, is the only one in that back line that's pretty much guaranteed a spot. I would think Kieran Trippier as well is is in that team. I just think that what Trippier brings to the side is something that Gareth Southgate wants. I think he's a very steady sort of defender, whereas, you know, Trent, what is Trent if not a defender after all? Um but then I think the big question here is, does Ben White get into the team? Uh, 
is Kyle Walker fit? Because if Kyle Walker's fit, Kyle Walker's in this team. But where where does he play? Does he play? I I think Kyle Walker right now, you could play him in a three. I don't know if I would feel comfortable given how Kyle Walker is not necessarily the most fit at this moment. I don't know if Kyle Walker would be best in a two. He's not great as a wing. He wouldn't be great as a wing back because all that running is not going to be great. Would not be great for him in his current. No, condition. no. Which is what, which is why I think Trippier would be Trippier would be would be the guy. Um, and then John Stones, of course. I think John Stones is absolutely in there. And then it all comes down to Harry Maguire. Does Harry Maguire actually get into this team? I don't know how he does. For me, I'm playing Ben White over Harry Maguire every day and twice on Sunday in a three. What 100%. I don't think that's my bias talking either. I think Ben White has been one of the best defenders in the league, in the Premier League this season. And he, if if they want to play in a three, Ben White has a great case to be one of the three. In a two, it's a bit trickier, but in a three, he absolutely has a case. Well, my thoughts on Harry Maguire are well known, so we will move on. Well, would you would you put Ben White in the team over Harry Maguire? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree. I'm glad it's not my. I'm glad it's not my bias, Sean. All right. Uh, who do you think wins the Golden Boot? Speaking of perfect segue, Harry Kane. Yeah, that sounds about right. The penalty oh. man himself. Yeah, that's how it goes. But they're going to be relying on him a lot to score. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who's your big flop team? Uh, Mexico. Really? Yeah, man, I'm getting out of the group. Yeah, but think about you have to put it in the context of who's in the group, though. Okay, sure. Mexico should probably on paper get out of the group over Poland. I don't think they do. And I, I think it's, I think it's entirely possible that Mexico finished below Saudi Arabia in the group. If well, they finished was... lower than Saudi Arabia, absolutely they're the flop of the tournament. Well, yeah, but I think Poland is on paper is better than Mexico. I don't think it's as set as you're making it out to be, but is it is it is it closer? Yes. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, if Uruguay doesn't make it out of the group, then they'd be the flop of the tournament. Yes. They're another weird one. They're another weird one because they have a very weird mix of older players with younger players. They're a lot like a lot like Croatia, but I'm more convinced about Croatia than I am about uh, Uruguay. Um, And that would be the only kind of, I guess, also, Croatia, if Croatia somehow, like, their age catch up, catches up to them and they let Canada jump them, then that's going to be – that would be a pretty big disaster. Well, Fran- and, and France not making it out would be, would be a huge disaster. It just, it just feels like we're, we're talking that into existence, that France don't make it out of the group, which would, just, which would be a nightmare. Because well, listen, they, the, they the have world- such a friendly, friendly draw when looking at the rest of the – big teams in this tournament, they probably have the most friendly draw and should get out of that group. No problem. Honestly, the Netherlands have a pretty friendly draw comparatively. Yeah, true. 
But yeah, no, France has France should easily. But listen, World Cup winner curse is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I mean, who would have thought? Who predicted Mexico would finish ahead of Germany in 2018? Nobody. Who predicted Spain finishing bottom of their group in in Brazil? Probably nobody. Nobody. So anything can happen. Who do you think uh, was the biggest snub? Or maybe if you want to name a couple, because you told me before we jumped on here that you have like 10. Yeah, I have a bunch. I definitely have a bunch. So I'll just go through the list that I have. Um, uh, Anthony Martial for Manchester United. I thought that could have been could have been seen as a snub. It'll be interesting to see if he does get in because Christopher Nkunku was ruled out of the World Cup with an injury. So it'll be interesting to see now if maybe Didier Deschamps calls up Anthony Martial to take to take his place. France is um, just too talented. If he goes to the World Cup, he's just like, what am I doing here? I'm sitting on I'm going to be sitting on the bench for most of the tournament. Yeah, and he's been and he's been hurt for most of the se- most of the season as well. So I, I I understand the snub, but maybe he gets in. Um, but he's just he's so talented, and if he were if he were playing regular minutes and he and he were fit, uh, Martial I think would get into this team no problem. I just think he's that he's that talented. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he if he does manage to sneak in now with the available spot. Um, and th- now this is you're going to hear a theme with with this one very quickly. Uh, Tiago for Spain. That was one that I was <clears throat> I wasn't shocked by it because he hasn't played in Luis Enrique's Spanish setup for over a year. But for me, when you're looking at the likes of Rodrigo. Sergio Busquets, uh, Carlos Soler, Marcus Llorente, Koke, even even like Pedri and 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 Gavi, who all got into the team. I think Thiago is probably better than all of them. Go fuck yourself. Ro- Rodri is fantastic. Well, Rodri plays a completely different role. Even Bu- even Busquets, even Busquets, but like Gavi, well, they're both, Carlos yeah, they're, Soler, they're both defensive midfielders. Right, right. They're gonna sit. They're going to sit back and they're just going to they're going to play sweeper. But Tiago, he's he's a he's a perfect man. Just piece everything together. So the fact that he was left out and he hasn't even been considered for Spain in over a year is crazy to me. But that'll be a thief. We'll we'll touch on that for sure. Um, Timo Werner, who was ruled out of the World Cup with an ankle injury, but he wasn't really considered for the World Cup anyway. Um, say thing also with kind of, ta- also kind of a talent thing. For... It, it, it could be, but he, he he's looked better since going back to Germany with Leipzig than he did at Chelsea. But again, it's it's the Chelsea curse. Uh, what else is new? Uh, same thing with with Diogo Jota. But he he's been out since October with a calf injury. <clears throat> um, Giovanni Lo Celso was a, was a big one. Because uh, Lionel Messi absolutely loves Giovanni Lo Celso, and a lot of people thought that he was a shoe in to make the team, just because of Lo Celso and how he links up with Messi. So the fact that he didn't was definitely a little bit of a surprise. Um, Max Hummels, that was another big surprise for Germany that yeah. he was left out because he's been fantastic this season for Borussia Dortmund. He's been I mean, great. Mario Götze made this team and Matt Hummels didn't that's kind of surprising uh, definitely a, a 
bit of a surprise. He's been in really, really, really good form this year. And the fact that he did not make it is uh, is definitely a shame. Um, and it's just some injured some injured uh, players. Marco Royce was injured. He's been dealing with ankle problems, which really sucks because that's just what Marco Royce has been dealing with. I feel like for the last couple of seasons now, uh, Ben Showell didn't make didn't make the trip for England. He's dealing um, with the hamstring problem that he has. Uh, Angola Conte. He has a hamstring problem as well. Don't know when he's going to be coming back for, for Chelsea. And then we get to some of the bigger ones. Gabriel Magalhaes for Arsenal. He's been one of the best defenders in the Premier League this year. And the fact that he did not make it for the Brazilian team. I mean, listen, I'm very happy he didn't make it for Brazil just because my own selfish interests. Um, I want him 100% fit for Arsenal as we push towards winning the Premier League. But how he didn't make it is absolutely, absolutely crazy to me. Bobby Firmino with Brazil from Liverpool. That is a stunner. Yep. How Richarlison got in there in in a way to Gabriel Martinelli got in there over Firmino. And Firmino's been in blistering form for Liverpool. As really falling out of favor last season, he's come back out of necessity because of how inconsistent Darwin Nunez has been, how Diego Jota Diego Jota has been unavailable, Luis Diaz now being unavailable. He he's had to step up and he and he has it in a big way, nine goal contributions in 12 Premier League games so far this season. He should be with with this Brazil team. He absolutely absolutely should be and he continues to be and listen, I am no, I am no Liverpool supporter. I, 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 I hate those a lot. But Roberto Firmino has always been one of the most underappreciated players in the Premier League because he plays a role that not many teams have, and he is per- per- perfect, perfect for what Jurgen Klopp does with this yeah, with his Liverpool side. Well, it's like a he's a unicorn, and not not in the not like the like oh he's so amazing kind of way in the he's a striker that doesn't score goals kind of way right but he links everything up he links everything up perfectly so that was a surprise and then here's the theme going back to spain sergio ramos not make not making the world cup team even as just someone that can come in and be a part of that camp and provide some sort of leadership i don't understand that one that one makes no sense to me. And I understand that he hasn't exactly been the most fit, but there are still players that are going to this World Cup that are not fit. We talked about Sadio Mane. We talked Rafa, we're talking about Rafa Varan. Um Sadio, did I say Sadio Mane? He did. Uh Ruben Diaz then was was the other one. Yeah. There are players that are going to the World Cup. Kyle and, Walker. Kyle Walker. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a great one. When you have Sergio Ramos, who is the most capped player for Spain in the country's history, not going to the World Cup, when you have Hugo Guillamon, Eric Garcia, Pau Torres, Imeric Laporte, all going to the World Cup, I think it's a shocking decision. Yeah. I really do. And especially because, really, it's two spots that are open because, you know, PK wasn't going to this World Cup because he just retired. Right. So, right. yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's a shocking, shocking decision. 
I might be biased because he looked terrible when he was at City, but Eric Garcia in this in this uh, team is like what? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't think he's that good. He's so overrated. I agree. I do not think he's that good at all. And then the biggest snub for me is, in my opinion, in my opinion, the best. Premier League goalkeeper in the last five years, David De Gea, not going to the World Cup. Ooh, yeah. That's disgrace. There were five goalkeepers listed on the provisional 55-man squad. David De Gea was not even on the list. So that says that David De Gea is sixth in the pecking order, at least for Spain. Also, it makes sense. Also, Kepa. Yep. I, I, I tell you what, the starter, the starter for Spain is probably going to be Unai Simon. He better be really good, because I mean, they're they're leaving, they're leaving a really, really, really good keeper at home with David Daya. and that when I saw that with the provisional squad, that blew my mind. It was like, why, why? Listen, Manchester United is not great, but it's not necessarily David De Gea's fault. No, they'd be worse if it weren't for David De Gea. Yeah. They would be way worse. Even when they were just mediocre and not horseshit, David De Gea was keeping them to be mediocre. Yeah, absolutely. He would like his best seasons right before last World Cup in uh, 16, 17 and 17, 18. He was one of the best goalkeepers in the, in the Premier League, but Manchester United finished uh, like 50,000 points behind Man City in 17-18. And right. so, and then he was in the Europa League in 16-17. So, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And like, listen, he might have dropped off a little bit, but he's not leave him off the World Cup squad level of dropped off. Completely 100% agree. That's uh, that's pretty shocking. That's one of those where, like, you look at the squad, you're like, you're like uh, squinting, like, where the heck is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You know, double checking, and he's just he's not there. It's like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? It it is a truly, truly shocking decision. It really is to say and that he's sixth best at least. Like that. That is that's horrible. It's really gonna bite Luis Enrique in the ass. It may. It may. I mean, hey, Unai Simon could be really, really good. Well, he better be because... Better be, exactly. I mean, I don't know. With that with the, with that defense and with the... You know, Spain could be a flop team in this World Cup, to be honest with you. They absolutely could be. I mean, that team is like they have... That team is still coasting on 2010. Like in a way, in a way, I mean, I don't know how they'd be coasting on two, on 2010 when uh, Del Bosque has been gone. So it, it, in a way, yes, in a way, no. Well, I mean, like the squad, like there are replacements for those guys that were that left because they retired and everything, but they're not as like it, they didn't replenish the squad 
as as well after those guys retired well i mean every 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 team goes through a down period where you where you lose your core and you have to build on the younger players that you have in your in your country system and i mean that's what we have here with with the spanish team you have all these young players especially in midfield with uh marcus Llorente, with gavi with uh, pedri that are all going to be making their first appearances in, in the world cup it's a big moment for them it's a big moment for them that it's an opportunity to show that they have what it takes on the world's biggest stage and and hopefully they live up to it but yeah, when I see Mon is going to have a lot of pressure on him because the second he makes a blunder is when everyone's going to turn and the headlines are going to be David De Gea, David De Gea, David De Gea. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, this has been fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Baseball Talk podcast. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. In the sky.